Welcome to the inaugural episode of More Shenanigans with Donna and James Moore. I'm Donna Moore. And I'm James Moore. And we are a couple that live in Virginia. We have been married for almost 31 years, and this podcast will be about the shenanigans that occur in our life. Some are beyond our control, and some are shenanigans that we jump into with both feet. And some we create. That's right. So in some marriages in this season of life, living double lives means something quite different than what is happening with us. We have decided to chase our individual dreams and in the process support the other in their dream. Um, So for me, I am exploring photography. I've been dabbling in photography for about 15 years or so, but I've kind of set it aside um, over the last several years because of some obstacles, mental obstacles that I have run across, um, but my wonderful husband has prodded and poked and encouraged, most mostly encouraged me to continue to pursue it, and I resisted um, greatly because of the obstacles that I'll address later, but I've recently been connected with a group of like-minded people who have been helping me climb these obstacles and knock them out of the way so that I can pursue this dream that I have. So James, what dream are you chasing right now? I don't want to go into that dream yet. I want to dig a little bit into yours first. Okay. Okay. So talk about not not going all the way back to your beginning with photography, but I'd like to share the story of your first SLR when you when you got that camera and the circumstances on that. Um. Well, I got. What, did you buy it for me for a birthday gift or a Christmas gift or something? Some it, kind of a gift. It was not a birthday or Christmas gift. Was it was a because gift. No, it was. There was a reason. It was a you stuck it out and got through the tough semester gift. Oh yeah, that's right. I remember that. Yeah. And so I got this digital camera, and it was like a foreign thing to me because I'd never dealt with one, and I just started playing with it on auto mode basically, and realized that I had some innate talent in being able to compose a picture. The composition of a picture is kind of seeing something with your naked eye and being able to put it out there in a, in a photo. And um, mine is just an innate talent. I, I see something and I know what I want it to look like and I, I do it. And, uh, and and I had some success with it. I, I, I saw the, the pictures were good. I got compliments from friends and family that they were good and and I said okay this is I I like this I can do this um and 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 it was it was fun I I didn't feel any pressure there was no like I have to do this I have to make money doing this I have to you know it was just it was fun okay great all right and one thing I noticed at that time is initially you know right off with the camera and probably get into the reasons for this a little bit maybe in another episode but uh I remember you specifically saying after I commented on how good your picture was and you was like oh it's the camera (laughs) And it wasn't the camera, you know, acknowledging your talent. How did that take a long time for you to acknowledge the fact that you have talent? Yeah, it it did because, and even now to this day, it's hard because I didn't have that encouragement growing up. My my parents were not my parents were not bad people. Please understand that. But they just didn't know how to encourage their children to pursue dreams because I think when you live in survival mode for so many for all of your life, in survival mode I mean being able to eat and have a roof over your head and that kind of thing. You don't think about incendiary things like, you know, a hobby or something like that. And you surely don't think of photography as a career because you can't 
pay the bills with that, or so many people thought. But I, I remember when I was a child, my grandmother had a brownie camera, and I don't know if any of you know what a brownie camera is, just Google it and see. Old-fashioned camera, and I remember she allowed me to take a couple pictures with it one time, and I just found it fascinating that you could look through this camera and really literally focus in on one aspect of the world around you. And I think that's what I like about photography is that everybody always wants you to look at the big picture of life. Well, sometimes it's really important to focus on the little things, the little things around you that you don't notice when you're looking at the big picture. The little things of, you know, an insect, the beauty of an insect or uh, the beauty of a, a building or a sunset or something as simple as a little tiny flower that you wouldn't even notice. When you drill down in life and look at the little things in life um you know a baby's foot you know people look at the baby's face and oh my god the baby's so cute but there's nothing like a baby's foot you know just i I mean any i mean you can just look at the world and and see the beauty in the world you see the beauty in people you see the beauty of you know nature that kind of thing but when you really drill down and look through the lens of a camera you see the details of things and it really helps to kind of realize that sometimes the details are what's important so i'm thinking that this explains your attraction to macro photography. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, now I'm all ready to talk about me. (laughs) So, what are you chasing? I am chasing the dream of becoming a professional screenwriter. That's the main goal. The um, the writing in general is is an attraction for me, you know, and just recently a happy accident of getting a book published happened. I mean, that that seems totally accidental to me because the reason why I did that type of writing in the first place is because I thought screenwriting was like going to the moon. You know, that, I'm not going to write a screenplay. I can just write a story on paper. That's way easier. And <laughs> that, that's, that's not the case. But um, they, it, it is two different types of styles, two different um, methods of writing, if you will. But the focus that I have is writing words that people are going to say on screen or on a stage mm-hmm. eventually. I haven't done any stage plays, but, you know, one day I might put my hand in that. But I, that's the, the dream that I have is that I would be able to make a viable living, that we will be able to go to the grocery store based on the fact that I wrote a screenplay or a television series or something. So do you feel, because, because you want to make this a viable option monetarily, do you feel pressure because of that? No, no real pressure um, because I have been blessed that I work in IT now. And um, because of my work in IT, you and I have a pretty good living combined with the work that you do practically now because right now we live in double lives. We have to, we, we do these things by day to pay the bills and then we fight crime at night you know, as superheroes doing this, right. the photography and the writing stuff. And I, I have been blessed to be in a situation where I have a means to be able to take care of my financial responsibilities as I'm chasing this down because not everybody does. I've been trying to make a presence of myself on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And there are so many stories out there of people that decided to take the punches. Oh, well, you know, I, I've sold my I sold my car. You know, I've taken out another mortgage in the house, whatever. I'm going to do the writing thing full time for a year or two years, however it takes until the money runs out. And they're all in. Sometimes I think that maybe it's making me limited to have that safety net. But at 56 years old, you just got to be practical. You know, if I was 23 and was doing that, that's one thing. Right, right. Because you got a lot of altitude under you. But I'm in this, I got a sense of urgency. I got to get this done. So I think it also can make you a little more hungry, too. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it is knowing what I want to get away from. Yeah. And don't don't get me wrong. You know, IT is nice. I love solving people's technical problems, and I, I work in a place where I'm pretty much appreciated. And you've made wonderful friends. I've made wonderful friends, and it's, I'm appreciated where I work, but it's just not what I'm supposed to be doing right now. I just feel like I'm getting this message that I'm supposed to be writing. Right. Um, so <clears throat> I kind of gave you a little backstory on where my inspiration for photography came from. Where, where, where was your inspiration to write? Well, it, it all stems from the, the love of storytelling. And that's something that I think I truly believe I got genetically passed down to me from my mother. And she nurtured that, you know, I specifically remember Saturday mornings, you know, mom would do the shopping and during those trips, she would swing us by the, the comic book store and we, you know, she'd get comics for us and, and we get to do that. And she would get books to read to us, teach us to read and have us read for ourselves. She encouraged us to go in, to go into shows, to movies. And, you know, mind you, this is a, a, a kid bro- growing up in Brooklyn in the 70s. OK, so you guys had access to the shows, to the Broadway shows or off Broadway shows in New York, yes. which a lot of children don't have access to. Right, and they didn't, and we we didn't have the internet, we didn't have the widespread, you know, entertainment, you know, monster that we have now in our society. But uh, imagine, you know, you got a, a kid growing up in Brooklyn, you know, 10, 11-year-old kid growing up in Brooklyn, and his mom is teaching him show tunes, My Fair Lady, The King and I, <laughs> right. you know, uh, not to parade around and perform for his friends, because we were more interested in baseball. But um, she wanted to show us a world outside of just this neighborhood that we're living in, and something that she always loved is... You know, she's a voracious reader to this day and is wrapped up in story, a good story. And that's one of the things that we can always talk about. Right. You know, and so. you guys do. You have conversations about movies and books that she's reading. And what are you writing right now? She still does that, just does that to this day, which I think is a good, a good conversation to have about the differences between how you and I were raised as far as how our parents encouraged or didn't encourage for whatever reason. And like I said earlier, um, you know, my parents weren't bad parents. They were doing the best they could with what they had and how they knew to do it but we didn't get that encouragement I was not encouraged to do to do anything I wasn't encouraged to you know it just wasn't there you know what I mean? There was no um, nurturing this or nurturing that kind of thing. And so like well, like we talked about earlier, you know, I really struggled with um, being able to do that. But, you know, our friends and your parents and your sisters have been that, you know, that encouraging, nurturing group of people for me. And again, please understand them. I, I just have to repeat this. My parents were not terrible, abusive parents. They just didn't, they didn't get that. They didn't know how to do that. And so they couldn't do that for us. But um, one thing that I can say that I did get from my parents was a work ethic of, you know, just busting my behind to get to, to make sure my family's taken care of, that kind of thing. And they, they definitely um, did that by example, you know. Right. Yeah, one thing that I note in our relationship is, you know, we're, pursu- we're pursuing similar dreams as far as creativity, right. but from very different backgrounds because I'm, I cannot remember a time when I went to my parents and said, I want to do this. And they said, no, they always said, yes, they always figured it out. I did not appreciate it at the time until I became a parent, the (laughs) sacrifice involved in, you know, being able to make things happen for your child, Mm -hmm. especially when one is a mailman working in, you know, Manhattan and another one's a key punch operator working for Blue Cross Blue Shield. There's, there's not a lot of money there. We were living in the projects, but we would, we never knew it because whatever we wanted to do, our parents, you know, they made, made the effort to make things happen. Yeah. And 
I think in that vein that you live on the opposite side of that planet that, you know, things that you wanted to do, you were told you couldn't do. You know, right. I remember you telling me stories like that, like yeah. especially what sticks in my head is the, the 4-H thing. Yeah. that you. Well, really... I was allowed to do 4-H, but I wasn't allowed to. I wanted to be able to, for those of you who don't know what 4-H is, it's like a community, um, kind of like a Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts thing, but it's um, but it's co-ed. And I wanted to be able to show a cow in the in 4-H and be able to, uh, or a horse or some sort of an animal. But my dad wouldn't allow that because I was a girl. And he wasn't being mean about it. He wasn't, it was just how he was raised. He, he, and even if he would have allowed it, my grandfather probably wouldn't have allowed it. And he was kind of the be all end all of things happening in our family and on, on the farm that we lived on. So they, they just came from, my grandfather just came from a different generation and it was just a different situation. And, you know, for a long time I was bitter about that, but I, I realized that those, um, those things shouldn't keep me from pursuing what I want to do now and and teaching my daughter and my son or our daughter and our son and our grandkids that I don't care what you want to do, try it. And if it doesn't work, then great find something else and you know we have we have a, a special needs grandchild meaning that she has um some some physical limitations because of some medical issues that she had when she was younger and so we always tell her just because you have these physical limitations doesn't mean you can't try to do the same thing that quote unquote normal children do right and we try to put her in front of examples of that yeah i mean i always want to see her with especially with young women doing fantastic things mm -hmm. So that she'll have it in her head. Oh, you know, there's the example. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. And so. the same with all our grandkids. We do the same thing. Right. Any, any of them can do anything that they want to do, whether it's our 21 year old or grandson or our seven year old, eight year old grandson, in, in, any of them in between, all seven of them. We tell them the same thing. Right. Well, I think for a while we've been kind of laying the foundation of our past. Mm -hmm. So let's go present and future. Sure. So with your photography, what are you doing right now? Um. Well, you know, right now I'm learning um, again, because this is what I found out that, you know, I got stuck on the technical aspect of photography. And that's what caused me when I was talking about obstacles earlier. That was one of the things that 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 was one of the obstacles that I allowed to stop me from moving forward in my pursuit of this dream. And I again, and I in the past sometimes comes back to haunt you in situations like this because I didn't have that encouragement. And I didn't know how to push through the difficulties of pursuing a dream because I didn't have that encouragement growing up. Again, my husband was amazing with that. But sometimes people that are too close to you can just become what seemed like an annoyance in a situation like that. Mm -hmm. Stop bugging me about this, you know, kind of in your head. That's what you're thinking. Really? I bug uh, you? <laughs> just a little bit. You've never mentioned that. <laughs> um, and, but then, you know, in the back of my head, I was like, I really want to do this. I really want to do this. And so I found this amazing um, group online called VAPC, Virginia Photo and, oh my gosh, I forgot the name of it, VAPC. Anyway, um, and Marilyn Crump is the, um, the leader. And even before I met the woman in, in person, I had signed up for this class. Um, it's, it's not really a class. It's like a, it's like an experience, really, where you pay for a year time frame to be able to go to these classes and these photo walks and online um, get-togethers and online classes and stuff to be able to kind of enhance your, learn and enhance your photography. And um, I was explaining to her, you know, the obstacles that I had. And she, and she said in a message online before I even met her in person, we're going to do this. We're going to figure this out. We got this. And it just made me feel like, okay, 
I can do this. And I've just learned so much in the short time that I've been there. So it's kind of, um, it's helped me. Not that I'm not still struggling with the technical aspects of it. For those of you that are listening that might know something a little bit about photography, it's the uh, triangle, the photography triangle. Um, That's the, the obstacle that I have. But it's not so much a great big scary brick wall anymore. It's more like a mountain I got to climb over. And I can you know, and I can see my way around it. I know that there's a path. I, I've, you know, I've got Sherpas that are going to take me around and over this mountain. So I'm just going to keep learning right now and, and, and enhancing what I innately have. Um, but I am going to, you know, now I'm going to start looking into some contests and things like that where I can submit my, my photos and see if I can, you know, kind of and, and build my portfolio and, and see what I can do. I'm, I'm really, really into the fine art photography part of it. That's what I like to do. Um, there's all kinds of different things that you can do in photography. I mean, it, it, there's a plethora of ways to use your photography skills from the obvious of weddings and portraits to food photography and industrial photography. I mean, there's just all kinds of things. So um, I'm not saying that I'm going to limit myself to fine art photography, but that's my passion. Okay. So for the record, you know, for the, the court case coming up for whatever, <laughs> I, I wonder what was your, when you discovered this experience last class was it your first impression i'm just going to spend that money or did you have to get talked into it oh i had to get talked into it (laughs) yeah you had to you had to i won't say drag me kicking and screaming but again the past coming back to haunt you know do i really want to spend this chunk of money on myself to and what if it's a waste of money what if i can't what if i you know what if all the negative what ifs but um you you pushed me and encouraged me to do what what i needed to do for for myself and to you know uh enhance my my skills Yes, and I can tell you, America, that it was an easy thing to push her because we're talking about a woman that will go out, and if I'm sitting at home, you know, watching the ball game or something like that, she will come back after a trip where she's supposed to, I don't know, drop something off or pick up a gallon of milk, spend three or four hundred dollars on grandkids or me or something for the house to make it more of a home, you know, in all other areas. We'll just drop that money and figure it out, but not for her. So we we had to make that have this happen for her, and I'm glad that it's, we're getting the, the results that we are. Well, and I think that's where you and I, when I said earlier at the beginning of the podcast, where you and I really encourage each other in that way. You're very um, confident in who you are and um, not necessarily in everything that you do, but you're a very confident, you know, forthright type of person because of the encouragement that you received growing up and the nurturing that you received growing up. Uh-huh. Not that you're not that you're in any way um, conceited or anything like that, but you just, once you've decided this is something I'm going to do, you can do it. But I have that, and I'm not going to say it's a voice. It's not like anybody said you can't do it. It's just nobody said you could do it. Right. And so that's always kind of in the back of my head that I have to constantly push through and and get over and it's not nearly as loud as it used to be but which is a good thing now you're challenging that voice absolutely saying why not yeah right absolutely cool and 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 here for me the thing is for you it's really easy that if you fail you're like man and you may struggle with it a little bit but then you're like okay whatever Mm -hmm. you know let's just pick it up and try it again or do something a little different or whatever my 
what I think about, unfortunately, is what if I can't do this? What if I do fail? What if I, you know, it's all those things. So I have to really push away from, so what if you fail? Mm -hmm. Failure is a good thing because you learn from failure. Yeah, yeah. So that's a good thing. Yes, it's something that I remember from my early time in the Air Force. I was in the U.S. Air Force for a period of time. And it was, I'm sure it was like my first month or two on the job and I had screwed up royally. I'm not sure exactly what happened as far as the mistake. And that's how those mistakes are. A few years later, you forget even what it is at the time it seems like the the titanic you know is going down but um it's not i don't even remember what the detail was but when i was in my sulking mood the top of the shop that was the that's the head that's the top uh, enlisted guy in the shop he came over to me and said lieutenant they're not going to cook you and eat you (laughs) you know they they can do what they want they you know yell at you whatever but they're not going to cook you and eat you and i was like that's true nobody's going to cook me so it's it's something that it it gives you perspective. It does. Yeah, I think that's the, the big thing is that none of this is life threatening. None of this is life ending. It's, you know, it's not the be all end all. If, you know, if I spend this money and, you know, it doesn't pan out, then okay. But if it does, then great. Yeah. Because if I'm working on the cure for cancer and fail, then, you know, that's a big deal. Right. <laughs> if you're working on a movie project and it fails, it's not as big a deal right. in this grand scheme of things. Um, so to do present and future for me, you know, what I'm working yeah. on yeah. right now, as far as writing right now i have a book out right. that's been published it's we out there on the amazon book launch yesterday and it was a great success we had some great people come and support us or support him i should say no and, us and us baby <laughs> everything's us right and um and it was it was amazing um there's going to be a youtube video that that will be up um we did a facebook live so if you want to find james moore on facebook and um he's alive but it will be on youtube here in you know, in the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's got a book out. It's called Home, H-O-M. It's uh, available on Amazon, both in hardcover and softcover, as well as for Kindle. Um, so you can just search Home by James Moore, and it's going to come up H-O-M-E, but that's not how you spell it. Uh, but yeah, so it's out there to, to find. Yeah, so... And so what else? Yeah, promoting that book is a, is a big current issue thing. Right now, as far as the, uh, the film projects go, we're finishing up filming on... A little sizzle reel called Kiki Diamond's The Favor. What's a sizzle reel? A sizzle, I'm glad you asked. (laughs) For those who are not in the biz, a sizzle reel is a proof of concept, so to speak, for a feature-length movie. So you put together a sizzle reel that kind of gives you an idea of what the movie or TV show will look like in production. So I had written a feature-length movie called Kiki Diamond, Bounty Hunter. We don't have time to go into the details on that, but I, I have that feature script written, done. I submit to festivals, you know, in contests, trying to, to sell that. And in that same effort, in that same spirit of trying to sell that feature, a production partner of mine, Charles Townsend, came up with the idea, and God bless him, it's working out, to put this sizzle reel together, a concept movie of about, you know, 20 minutes long with the same characters, a lot of the same characters, Kiki is the star of this one too, to kind of show how this looks on film, mm-hmm. the story arc, right. the, the the character development, what she's like, what she has to deal with, that sort of thing. So we're doing that right now, finishing up filming, hopefully between now and the end of May. Right. And in the meantime, I continue to write short stories, flash fiction, that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. nightly, as you well know, yeah. after you go to sleep, yeah. I, I get on the computer and see if I can find literary magazines that's interested in some of the, the fiction that I'm writing. And... Uh, you're also working on a synopsis for something? That's correct. Now, 
the book home that's being published by World Castle Publishing is they're their their publishing house that has a number of authors, about 150 authors, and and they put out books on a, on a regular, maybe you know, a couple of books a year from the authors. But um, they do they do have an, a, an association with production companies. They've turned some of these stories into movies and TV shows, which is smaller in number than what they generally have for the authors. You know, they don't turn every book into a movie. Right. But I got an email from Karen, Karen Fuller, the publisher, and said, you know, we want to make some pitches this summer. We want home to be one of the stories that we pitch and they would like to have a synopsis of the book. Now, let me explain to you, if you're in the business of writing books and that sort of thing, people usually do a synopsis of the book, a one-page synopsis of maybe a 50 to 75 or 100,000 word book on one page, describes the book, you get an idea what the story is and it's not a cliffhanger or anything because you're pitching the book to a publisher. You tell the story from beginning to end Mm -hmm. and you get it down to a page because you want to hold people's attention. She wants a detailed synopsis. She wants it to be 10 plus pages, which is uh, a very different undertaking because, you know, just about anybody who's written a book, they're prepared to do a one page synopsis or their elevator pitch or, you know, to Mm -hmm. kind of get it encapsulated in that short period. But to do 10 plus pages is work. (laughs) I've been doing that work. Okay. Okay. Well, I think um, let's talk a little bit about what in future po- uh, future episodes of more shenanigans we're gonna be we're gonna be talking about. I have absolutely no idea. Yeah. I, I I would hope that you know this show is gonna be it's gonna be about what me you what we want to talk about what's happening in the world what's happening in our world mm-hmm. and for you who are listening what's happening in your world too and what we can or can't do about it what what it means for us that sort of mm-hmm. thing and maybe share some experiences maybe we can connect it next time to our trip to Rotterdam because you know, right. that was a, a, a mind and eye-opening experience for me, you, and the granddaughter that we took with us. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, part of what we want to do here is just kind of um, give you a little insight of, of, of what, you know, it is to be married for 30 plus years um, and how fun it can be sometimes and how frustrating it can be sometimes. But then also, like he said, it's not going to be just about marriage or our marriage or what have you. It's going to be about just kind of life in general, whatever that looks like, you know, life as far as work, life as far as the outside world and the world events, current events, political views, you know, whatever, any anything. So um, we're not, there's not a specific genre that we're dealing with here. We're not dealing with a uh, anything. It's shenanigans. I mean, we all know what shenanigans are. So that's where we're at. The podcast about nothing. That's right. <laughs> nothing and everything. Right. Okay. So for this episode, we're signing off now. Hope that you enjoy what we've shared with you today and that you will come back for more. All right. We'll see you later. Bye. That's all for this episode. Come back next time for more shenanigans.